Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Behind the Money with the Financial Times. I'm Amy Keene. Last week, shares in the Canadian cannabis producer Tilray shot from $110 right up to $300. By the close of trade on Friday, they settled back down to $123. This meant that at one point, the newly listed company was valued at $20 billion, which is almost double the market capitalization of Macy's, the department store chain. Cannabis may have arrived on Wall Street, but some analysts are wondering if all of this excitement has gotten ahead of reality, at least for now. So we had this company, Tilray, list on the NASDAQ. Nicole Bullock covers U.S. equities for the FT. And it garnered some attention at the time because it was the first cannabis company to actually go public on a U.S. exchange. There are a couple of other companies in the industry that are dual listed in Canada, meaning that they had gone public, had their IPOs in Canada, and then were able to dual list in the U.S. So this was the first time that we actually had a marijuana IPO in the U.S., shall we say. A company called Tilray just made history, the first cannabis producer to IPO on a U.S. stock exchange. It did very well out of the gate. The first day pop, as it's called, on Wall Street was about 30%. Tilray grows, processes, and distributes cannabis to tens of thousands of medical marijuana patients across 10 countries. It is now listed on the NASDAQ with the ticker name TLRY. Very legitimate for an IPO, but, you know, not not a stratus, not, not mania, not a stratospheric uh, rise. And then, you know, kind of bumped along. And uh, over the summer, we started to hear more and more about cannabis, um, you know, into the end of the summer and September. And some very big household brand names were starting to talk about this industry a bit more and maybe even increase their investment in it. While Coca-Cola may be looking into a new ingredient, the company is signaling interest in the potential sale of cannabis-infused drinks. Monday, Coke said it is closely watching the growth of CBD, which does not produce a high and has been used for medical purposes like easing inflammation as well as nausea. Coke said... The race is on for major alcohol producers and snack makers to get into the cannabis space. Coca-Cola came out and talked about how they might how they're exploring using this as a new ingredient. Constellation Brands, which is the maker of Corona, increased its stake in Canopy, which is another cannabis company. So certainly that gave some additional legitimacy to this industry in the U.S. And at the same time, everybody's waiting for 
later in October for Canada will begin its full legalization for adult recreational use of marijuana. Check out shares of Tilray. Parabolic move today. The company announcing it will be the first company to export medical cannabis to the U.S. for clinical trials. So boy, what a wild day for anyone trading Tilray stock. The stock closing up 38% today, its best day since going public. 94% was the high, hitting exactly 300 bucks. I'm not sure if there's anything to read there, but uh, no change, 300 bucks a share. And then just 45 minutes later, it actually lost all of that and went negative. What do you do with a stock that's gone up as much as this one has when you compare it to some of the company's fundamentals. You know, that is a speculation story. You can call it mania, craze, what have you, but it just is indicates a lot of speculative interest in the shares. That's maybe not sharpening a pencil and you know figuring out what this company's really worth a year from now, five years from now, whatever the your time horizon is. Anytime you have something like that, you're going to have extreme volatility. And sure enough, one day last week, it rose as high as 300. It fell and was negative for the day at one point and then ended up like 40% or something like that. Things are calming down a bit now, and today it was trading about 118. So certainly if you bought in at 300, you're not happy about that. But who knows what this could be worth at some point. Tilray's chief executive, Brendan Kennedy, was actually here that day in the FT offices. And he said that he thought there was room in this industry for a few hundred billion dollar companies and they want to be one of them. Whether that will come to pass, we don't know. It's very early days and who knows what the leadership of the market will look like and how it will change. And certainly there are a lot of risks along the road. But it's fair to say that, you know, cannabis has definitely arrived on Wall Street. So investors are excited. That seems fair to say. You know, there are only so many opportunities at the moment in the U.S. to invest in cannabis, to invest in this idea that legalization in various jurisdictions is going to open the floodgates to a brand new market, or at least a bigger market. But Nicole, what else accounts for the volatility in Tilray shares last week? So one of the more interesting and some people think risky phenomenon of modern markets is the degree to which passive and index and ETF investing has really uh, become so popular. So th this is an interesting case to illustrate how this can change market dynamics. So certainly there was an explosion in demand for, and it's not just Tilray, the other stocks have done really well, including the ones trading OTC, because this has just become the hot new thing. But what happened, you know, Tilray is still a very small company. And so when companies list, they usually don't list a lot of shares initially. So you have a, what they call a small float. And that float will get even smaller if the company goes into an ETF or an index that ETFs track because then that pulls even more supply out of the market. So you had rising demand at the same time you had shrinking supply. So that only magnified the dynamics going on in the market that saw the stock rise so much. At its peak of trading last week, Tilray 
was valued at $20 billion. Can we talk about the company itself for a second and how it's performed? So just to put this in perspective, the company released its second quarter earnings uh, in late August. So this would be the three months to June 30th. And they had less than $10 million of revenue and were still loss-making. So clearly, this is a company that's still in its relatively early stages. But one of the things that people get excited about is while that's not very much uh, revenue against the, the kind of market valuation it's getting, the revenue is up 95.2%. So people are really focusing on this aspect of growth at the moment and not the bottom line, as it were. Uh, now, certainly, they're investing. So this somewhat makes sense, but it does mean that there's a, a lot of risk here. Mm-hmm. It does beg the question of where the return is going to come from. Ultimately, yes. So Tilray aside, how is the rest of the market performing? I guess, how should we be thinking about the cannabis market right now? I would say there's definitely a lot of excitement. This is an interesting anecdote. I think a lot of in- mainstream investors are still trying to, to figure this out. I talked to one investor last week, and he said, I can't buy it for my fund, but I'm looking at it for my personal account. Meaning even if these cannabis stocks don't pass the sort of scrutiny or pass the test of a fund that's investing, say, pension money, this particular investor still wants it on his own. Now, who will win out? We don't know because it's such early days. You know, certainly there will be bumps in the road like anything new. But one of the things that people like investor, you know, from the investor side that they like about cannabis versus, say, the crypto craze that we've seen over the last couple of years is that it's very tangible. The business model is not that different from other business models. You know, it's an agricultural right. company. It sort of resembles like a manufacturing business or like you say, agriculture. Yes. And for example, when Tilray went public in their offering documents, they talked about the use of proceeds being for increasing the grow space. And so that's not hard to get your head around. You can picture it in your mind versus crypto where people are telling you, something that exists in in a different way, shall we say. So I think that's something that appeals to people about cannabis. And while it's very hard to prove this, we have seen alongside the big rise in interest in cannabis investments, this sell-off in the crypto market. And anecdotally, people are saying that kind of the hot money is getting out of crypto and investing in cannabis. I guess this brings me to my next question, which is, you know, there's a lot of talk about all the excitement around cannabis and whether or not it's actually just missing the point that, you know, as you said earlier, so many of these trades are based on speculation of future growth instead of, you know, a rigorous analysis of the fundamentals of cash flow and so forth. Nicole, is there another moment or I guess product in financial history that this cannabis craze reminds you of? I think that any new thing like this goes through these waves of acceptance and disbelief or skepticism. So this is, you know, one of those waves of acceptance. And I think it's probably similar to other things like crypto, like internet stocks back in the day. But the thing, as I mentioned, the thing that's different about it is that this is actually not something new. What's new is the legal framework. So we're not inventing anything. This has been around forever. But we're just changing the legal structure. And 
you know, life science is now enabling people to use this raw material in different ways. And that way, I think it's a little bit different than a discovery, per se, like someone has discovered the internet, someone has founded a cryptocurrency. This is just using something that already exists in a bit of a different way. Right, so this new legal framework or the expectation of widespread legalization of recreational use will happen and thus create just such an explosion in the market, such a massive increase in the number of people to be served. And I guess, you know, the follow-on effects of that being number of growers in operation and each of the segments down the supply chain, that this is going to mean, you know, billions and hundreds of billions of dollars will be at stake. I guess, what could go wrong? Well, many, many, many things. So the first thing is, again, it's very, very early days in this. So there will be winners and losers. It may not be Tilray, it may be somebody that we've never heard of yet who winds up becoming the dominant player or the consolidator in the industry. I'm sure that there will be hiccups once the Canadian legalization goes through. Uh, who knows what those could be? They could be supply chains. They could be something with the product. I guess some of the other potential risks would be if the legal climate changes dramatically. It sort of feels a little bit like prohibition. It seems like it's hard to go back once you've legalized something, but I, I presume that's always possible. But all of those things are sort of will probably happen along the way. You know, a terribly overvalued M&A deal or something like that. It's still a very risky proposition. It's interesting and it's fun and it's exciting to be part of the new wave of something, but certainly you should proceed with caution, especially now that the prices have rallied so much. Do you think this will mean more and more Canadian or at least non-U.S. cannabis producers will scramble to list in the U.S.? Well, I'm sure they want to. It just kind of depends on whether they meet the standards. So exchanges in the U.S. will have a financial standard as well as legal standards. So essentially, in the most basic sense, what you're doing has to be legal in the jurisdiction in which you're operating. And the exchange would have to get comfortable that that's the case. Not suggesting that anybody's doing anything illegal, but I guess they're making decisions on a one-off basis. And they want to protect themselves as well because this isn't the simplest of situations. And then also, depending on how what the financials of the company are, NICI and NASDAQ have different standards from a financial standpoint. And you know, one of the nuances here is that it becomes very important if you actually touch the plant. And so if you're a grower or a distributor, you're actually touching the plant and that's where it gets a little hairier versus you know, some other point in the supply chain where maybe you're not actually, quote unquote, touching the plant. That's sort of the the point at which decisions are made is are they or aren't they, you know, sort of thing. So that's the, those are some of the discussions that are going on now. So when it comes to Tilray and the market more broadly, what are investors and analysts going to be watching for next? Well, certainly their next quarterly earnings report will be important. 
I'm sure that there will be a tremendous amount of attention and coverage around the October date when we see to, you know, full legalization in Canada. And even Mr. Kennedy himself said, I'm sure there's going to be some hiccups in and around that. I mean, that's really uncharted territory. So we'll have to see how everybody manages around that. But it's really the quarterly earnings reports at this stage and the extent to which we see other deals. You know, does Coca-Cola actually make a deal with somebody and start production on a cannabis drink of some kind? Does somebody else? Is there another application? And as well, the other factors are, you know, just adding to the number of states that are changing their laws around this and the way that that developments. New Jersey is, you know, a place to watch for that. And then I guess the extent to which we get more deals and how they do and a greater body of analysis around these companies and the market opportunity. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. You can read all of our cannabis coverage at FT.com. And if you're not already a subscriber of the FT and would like to take a look at our latest subscription offer, you can go to FT.com forward slash offer. We'll be back next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com.